Welcome to From the Outside Looking In with your hosts Patrick Bannis and Andy Leoskos. Come on in. Welcome back. Welcome back once again to the world that's apparently about to end. Welcome to From the Outside Looking In, a show about everything, a show about nothing, a show about me, a show about you, and a show about how we're spending our time in quarantine. Hey, welcome everybody to the end of the world. Welcome to a new episode. We're glad to be here. We're stuck in home. You're stuck in home. So what else do you got to do but listen to us, the show about comic books, the show about nerd culture, the show about geeky stuff from a non-geeky perspective or stuff that's not geeky from a geeky perspective. Whatever. We like comic books. We like Star Wars. We like all that shit. I am Andy Liaskos. With me, as always, the seals to my croft, Mr. Hey, Patrick Bannis. What's going on? Nice long delay on that intro there, Pat. It was like, Mr. Dot, 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 dot. Patrick Bain is <laughs> Mr. Kennedy. Right? Kennedy. <laughs> the world is or, about or to if end. you wanted to go, what was it? Yeah. And I'm making random fucking... How, how random is Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Anderson, depending on uh, your your TNA or WWE? Whatever, Pat. What the fuck's up, bud? How, how you making out in the end of the world here? I mean, I'm not allowed to leave the house and, uh, you know... But I'm well stocked on beer and uh, projects, and uh, I got a puzzle. So yeah, I mean we're doing all right. I'm, you know, it, it could be worse. I mean, it, the weather could be much shittier. Nice. It could be. It could be. And uh, I, I have I have a few beers. Uh, I'm drinking a rum and diet Dr Pepper. I call it an I'm the captain now. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Sure, whatever, man. Yeah, we're all locked up, and we're all just finding uh, ways to get through and uh, ways to drink and um, and whatever this world is now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world's about to end. Don't come inside. Maintain six feet of separation. Yeah, yeah. It's scary stuff, man. It really is. But uh, today we're not going to be a downer about it. Um, you know, maybe we'll say a few things. Um, I mean, do we even have a news the weird? I mean, do we do a what's going on in the world today? Because uh, what's going on in the world today is like it's Italy's weird, using ice rings as morgues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hockey arenas are now morgues and uh, refrigerator trucks are now morgues. And, you know, shit's weird. So, uh, you know, we're living it. Yeah, news of the weird is every day now, right? Yeah. Like news of the weird is like it would now it'd be like if something really positive happened, right? But yeah. I think uh, I think on on a, on a on an odd statement like, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not dying, everybody. Don't quarantine, worry. Uh, but on a, <laughs> quarantine, but on a uh, on a positive statement, I think while all this is going on, it has been eclipsed in the news that uh, we have successfully cured uh, the second case of HIV ever. Ooh. So uh, yeah, we're yeah, you know, yeah. There was a there was a second uh, curing of the of someone with the HIV. So uh, Magic there's that. Johnson was That's the kind first. of positive for sure. Right, Magic Johnson, and then yeah. whoever this person is. 
whoever this person was, it was obviously absolutely overshadowed shadowed by coronavirus, um, which is also a retrograde virus like HIV. Um, <laughs> a lot of fun stuff happening on from the outside looking in today, but yeah, yeah, but we, uh, yeah, second case of uh, HIV cured. So uh, let's go science. Right? So, yeah, science. Let's go science, for God's sake. Jeez. It's the only thing that's going to get us through. You know what I mean? It, it's true. It's true. Science is going to get us through. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be like Jesus. Okay? I hate to break it to you, but, you know, there was a pastor yeah, won't be. who said that this was all a big hoax, or, and then he got coronavirus and died. So, joke's on you, Jack. Yeah, yeah, that shit did happen. It's happened to quite a few people who are like, yeah, this is nothing, and then now they're dead. Yeah. Um, you know, which is no laughing matter. I don't, you know, no matter how stupid you are, you don't deserve to die, but uh, if you're stupid enough to risk it, that's, you know, that's the, those are the chances. Those are the risks you take. Yeah. I mean, so for perspective, you know, for our 12 listeners, you know, we're in Pennsylvania, and I, I would say what, we're the, what do you think, we're like the sixth, uh, sixth most cases in the country? Ballparking. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah I, I, we may be a little further down that list. Okay. Uh, New York, number one with a bullet. Clearly. Yeah, I mean, then New Jersey for sure. Yeah, New York, New Jersey, uh, California, uh, Washington State, um, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, Illinois. Uh, all of those states are actually above us. Okay. Um, I, c- I could pull it up. I could pull it up. Here, yeah, because right now, second. right now that puts us in six. So I'm like, I'm spot on. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Talk so, amongst yourselves for a second. Yeah. So, for perspective, we're like, we're actually, you know, most of our, the east and western parts of the state are pretty much on lockdown. And so the counties that we each live in are at, in stay-at-home orders and have been for at least a week or two. So you know, I'm just going to kind of just do one. Oh. Num- number 10. Pennsylvania is number 10. We are top 10. We are top 10. We are top 10. Yeah, but I'm trying. What's, uh, what's crazy though, if you look at, it, go ahead. I was looking at some of these numbers. I was looking at some of these numbers earlier, and so if you take like New Jersey, who has at at this time uh, eleven thousand, uh, just over eleven thousand confirmed cases and one hundred and forty deaths. Uh, if you compare that to Louisiana, for example, who has just above three thousand confirmed cases, but one hundred and thirty seven deaths, Thanks. like. Those numbers don't correlate all that well, you know what I mean? Or Washington that has, you know, like just about 4,000 cases and 189 deaths. Yeah, the big, um, uh, the big issue yeah, is that, shit is you know, so fucking morbid, when you look at man. scale, states like New Jersey and Pennsylvania and more populous states, their healthcare systems are much more broad, right? They scale up a, a lot higher. Yeah. You know, they've talked about states like Louisiana right, right. And, 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 and I'm trying to miss um, Mississippi or Missouri. Some of these other, some of these southern states where they're a lot more sparsely populated it takes like five minutes for their healthcare system to completely bog down. And that's when people die or, yeah. you know, or they didn't know it or, you know, they couldn't get to a doctor because they're so far away from, you know, healthcare that they don't know and they don't perceive the threat as being legit and then they die. So. Right. Right. But, you know, for, for, it's, it's a weird. You. Go ahead. It's what? Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a weird thing, man. There's there's so many people here in this country. Um, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer that we should have been locked down probably a little while ago. 
Um, definitely should have uh, done a little bit more on the travel ban issue. If you take a look, you know, look like Merkel in Germany, like she closed that shit down day one. You know what I mean? And well, there's like what ten cases in Germany. Um, so, uh, but you know, I, I hear so many things. Like social media is the worst. <laughs> and I really think like <laughs> anybody that's listening to this, I, I I think at this time, like we really just need to make a gentleman's agreement. Right, that social media for the time being is pictures of your kids, pictures of your pets, pictures of food you've made, pictures of past vacations, selfies, funny and jokes. that's it. Right, like you're not a f- yeah, and funny jokes, funny memes. Throw the funny memes at me. You're not a fucking doctor. You're not a fucking economist. You're not even a fucking political science major. You just need to shut the fuck up for a little bit. I'm sick of the H1N1 memes. Um, you know, like more people died with H1N1. Nobody Obama gone, but it, but it took H1N1 over six months to get to the death tolls that we're at now. So yes, the way time works, right? It was over a year, and there were more deaths because there's more time. That's how you know <laughs> everything works. So where we'll be in a year is not going to be a pretty place. So let's just stay the fuck home, wash our hands, and fucking you know try not to die. Yeah, I think the I think um, the most important part yeah. of that comparison is that this novel coronavirus, which is to say it's a new mutated version of a virus, there is, there's no vaccine, right? And we don't know, we don't fully know how it spreads. That's the main thing. It's not about comparing it to like Ebola back in the day. Nobody gives a shit. Now, the, the, the main issue is that no one knows like before at first people didn't think you could you could be asymptomatic and you know and spread oh. it and then, and then we find out you can so like we're learning oh, a yeah, lot you of things sure as fuck can yeah so i think that's the main thing yeah. like, don't compare it to things in the past because things in the past have cures you don't compare it to the seasonal flu because the seasonal flu has vaccines we have tons of vaccines for the flu we don't have anything for this so that's the that's the main yeah. thing and so it's like you know geez it's just just do what you can do, help each other out. You know, that's, you know, um, you know, Eve, my partner is down at the food bank, like, like volunteering, trying to help out during the day because she's gotten furloughed. So she's, you know, trying to help out when she, bless. You know, yeah. That's yeah. She's trying to do what she can do. Um, you know, get some, get some, uh, get some local restaurant delivered, you know, help those people out, you know, keep these people in business. So that's yeah, pretty much yeah, it. That's, you know? that's, a, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, try to yeah, try to try try to be a decent human being, right? Like that's you know that's that's rule number one. If you can do that, like we're doing okay, you know, like uh, we'll survive, right? Um, I, I think some of this t- talk about the economy is is crazy. Uh, the stimulus package, uh, I mean, it's it's something, right? It's it's uh, you know, hey, kudos to figuring out something, I guess, but. Uh, it's nothing compared to other countries. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, our that's friends one, are. That's one thing I'm afraid to get into because I'm, I'm afraid I get real. You know, I get real pissy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And it, you know, it is what it is. I'm, you know, I'm not saying, you know, Hey, something's better than nothing, but you know, let's be realistic. You know, our friends up North are, are already, you know, testing a possible vaccine. They, right. they've really been on it. And, and, um, 
you know, they're not doing a one-time uh, 1,200 uh, uh, pop. They're doing uh, 2,000 to each family each month. Until yeah, Canada's is doing two so grand kudos a month. Canada. And I think, I think like Germany and some of the other countries are paying, the government is paying like eight, 70 to 80% of employees' wages during this of time this period. Salad. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's important. I mean, right now that's yep. not what we're doing. And we're arguing over like people on unemployment getting an extra 600 bucks, like it's going to make them lazy. It's like they were laid off. Like they're not going to quit their job and get unemployment because that's not how unemployment right. works. So yeah, it's weird, man. Right. You know, we you just gotta we just gotta try and help each other out, and then, you know, when we can when we can get back out into the world, we've got to be smart. We've really got to try and like scale the economy back up, which is to say, we've got to you know don't be afraid to get out there and 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 enjoy your life again, which would be great because it'll be you know it'll be like spring summer, so you know we'll be able to get out. The weather will be fantastic, so that'll be a good thing. And then you know hopefully like. Hopefully music and sports will come back online. I mean, that's the thing that's killing me the most. I mean, I've had a bunch of concerts get canceled or rescheduled. And some of them are rescheduled yeah. onto yep. like a, a weekday that I can't go. You know what I mean? So it's kind of frustrating. And, right. um, you know, April is like huge sports time. You know what I mean? Hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs, um, European football, like they're all that's gone. Yeah, all, all that's, that's gone. All those yeah. playoffs are gone. The Olympics are coming up. That's gone. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that's coming up that's gone. So it's like we just gotta, you know, hey, fight the good fight and you know, go to your beer distributor, try a new beer, try a new drink. You know, you gotta try a beer now because the liquor stores yeah. are closed. Yeah, yeah, and and you know if you're in PA, uh, you know uh, try uh, order order something from your local pizza place and grab a six pack. You know what I mean? Because most of the uh, most of the uh, pizza places I could do also sell beer, and True that. they generally have a pretty good selection of beer. So you know what I mean? Uh, some of your, some beer, your fucking small more distilleries, some of the small distilleries I think are are doing some sort of delivery. So I think you can get. Some... Uh, yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard you can get uh, distilleries uh, either either delivery or they're open for pickup. Uh, don't be afraid of, of pickup either. You know what I mean? Like, right. don't spend uh, hours in the store, but you know, go ahead and, and get some shit, man. It's good. Yep, we went to our favorite uh, Hungarian restaurant last <clears throat> week, and we called in and uh, we went to pick up. And uh, so it was funny. Like I had, there was. Here's my humble brag of the day. There was uh, a woman on our Love local. Love a humble brag. Good humble brag. Yeah. So uh, one of, there's a woman in our local uh, our local Facebook community who needed a small refrigerator for a an elderly veteran who needed. Uh, uh, I guess they were staying in a in a like a community home and they didn't have a refrigerator, but they were getting meals delivered from the state that needed to be frozen. So I was like, I'm gonna buy this. I'm gonna buy a refrigerator. Like I bought this woman a refrigerator to give to this um, elderly veteran, and so we went and we, you know, we dropped it off, and then we were like coming home and we're like, well, let's call our favorite Hungarian restaurant and get some Hungarian, and we go to pick it up. I go in there to pick it up. There's nobody in there. We're not, you know, we, there, we're there behind the bar, so we're practicing good social distancing, um, and you know, we were able to get some good publicity out there for the for the restaurant and. You know, because they're not a lot of some of these places aren't getting any business. So, you know, got to really yeah, help them yeah. out. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've had pizza from a few places. Um, uh, 
went to my uh, favorite local uh, downtown taco place, Estrella. Got some, uh, uh, they do like smoked meats and tacos. Nice. So pretty fucking fire. Yep. Yep. So we'll be doing the same thing right now. I'm trying this, uh, this <clears throat> Southern tier. Uh, it's called Help on the Way. It's an unfiltered double IPA with mango, tropical hops, and lactose. What the? What is that? What? What's that about? I don't get it. You're you're the beer guy. Uh, I don't. I I guess to make make it creamy, right? Like make it creamy and all that yummy stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so what that lends to the that kind of smooths out the unfiltered uh, IPA part of this. I don't know. But anyways, eight and a half, eight and a half percent. Um, I'm gonna be good by the time we get to the end of this episode. I'm gonna be cranked up. Nice. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm almost done with my. I'm the captain now, and uh, yeah, I feel. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm in control. I'm at the wheel. I'm steering the ship. Things are fucking going great. Arr! Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I, I will say uh, a, a personal piece of advice uh, for people who are on quarantine at the time, right? Uh, take this time to really fucking be pr- pursue what's ever creative in in your life, right? Like true. Uh, Gator, uh, Gator, and I, uh, the other, uh, another guy from Bears Have Hearts, my band. Uh, we are almost done writing our third album. Because um, why the fuck not? Uh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we have we uh, we can't play shows. Uh, we are gonna book some shows um, uh, pretty soon here. Uh, we've only played one show for our second album, which just got released uh, in like the January? like the end of December. Like okay. it was like December twenty eighth, right? So like it was like really really like the end of J- December, like early January. Uh, and so we played one show for that album, and we are pretty much almost done writing the third album uh we haven't been able to practice there's no drum parts or anything but you know we've written a lot of fucking songs while in quarantine yeah it's funny you mentioned that i um we took a walk yesterday and we got back and we <clears throat> happened to see our neighbor who is name's uh Dwayne dolphin he is a jazz bassist so check him out so shouts to Dwayne, my neighbor nice um so we were talking to him and saying shouts hey what do you got Dwayne. you know we got going on and you know he was like he had to cancel two months worth of like touring um you know he had like all kinds of stuff that he was you know he's usually on tour and uh, probably in europe and whatever and he's like i can't do any of that and you know for some people like you know he was telling us it's kind of everything is like it's kind of a downer and so he's just like he's not feeling music like he's not you know like he's not hearing it you know what i mean like oh yeah some people are hearing it. He's not hearing it. And he was so, he was telling us that he was actually he was actually feeling more like like writing, you know, like just poetry, like just writing. Like that was where he was at creatively. Like he he kind of had like a musician block right now. Nice, I like because that. of yeah. where everything's at. So he was like kind of redirecting that energy to like to writing poetry. And so like you do what you can do. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been uh, been teaching myself how to play uh, piano a little better, and uh, you know, getting a little better at the guitar. Like, what else can you do? Um, yeah, I got three kids here now, so um, yeah, three. It's, uh, it's it's fun time. Three kids. Uh, yeah, we just had uh, uh, February seventh. Our baby boy James Declan Liascos uh, was born, so he is uh, seven seven weeks old now. Yeah. 
Crazy. You, you bastard. No Greek names at all. James Declan. What? No Greek name? <laughs> uh, so James is my father's name. Uh, it's uh, the American right translation. Uh, so yeah, so um, yeah, we we went with James instead of Demetrius. Um, I grew up with a very ethnic name, um, and you know sometimes that can be a pain in the ass. Uh, so instead of going uh, with Demetrius, we decided to go with James, a little bit more classic, and uh, you know like the name Declan. So why not? Yeah, cool. That's cool. Good on you. Congrats. Thank you, sir. I think the one creative thing I've done is. I have been doing some stuff around the house, and so I have a big workbench down in the basement, and I, I built some drawers for it. So that was one of the things I got to learn how to do was how to build drawers, like you know, using the router and you know, nice, route, nice, you know, doing yeah. all that. And so we'll see how that works out. I think I got to do a little bit more to it, but I put them in. I I, I got them all th- all three drawers in uh, yesterday, and you know they work, and there's stuff in the drawers right now. I wouldn't put too much stuff in those drawers, but you know for now that's a thing. So. Yeah, I and mean, we're you know we're we're painting we're painting the dining room so like we're trying to do, you know we're trying to do things and try to be constructive and um, you know get some things done because I think like active time is kind of is kind of tough to come by right now. I mean we 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 have been getting outside because the weather is definitely getting better, but um, you know both of us like to try to be active and, and work out a little bit more. I just started getting back into the gym the last couple of months and. Now I can't go to the gym at all, so it's been kind nice. of frustrating. Nice, but, you know, just just redirect that energy, people. Take walks. You yeah, know, we have. Hop yeah, on yeah, a yeah, bike that, or man. something, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay away from people. So anyway, let's uh, let's shift some gears. Stay let's get the, into the stay the, the fuck the away thing. from people. Yeah, let's do that, man. Let's do it. We're gonna call this. Uh, it is a it is mixed media. We're gonna do a mixed media moment. Movies, movies, books, books and, and TV shows, shows and everything. And all that. What? Fuck yeah, pro wrestling, bud. Yeah, man, we've been talking about this for a while. We haven't been able to get this really on, and I thought this, you know, this would be a good time for us to kind of reminisce and and talk about one of our favorite. Uh, uh, is it a cult favorite? I don't know. Is is professional wrestling a cult favorite? Oh, I'd say yeah. Cult, yeah. I maybe. I mean, there's like entire like I, I don't know how cult. I, it's cult like. It's true. It's true. Either you're into it or you're not into it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And this is a great time to like to sit around. I know. I know some people um, in some of the Facebook groups that I'm in, like they're taking a lot of this time now in quarantine or in, in lockdown or whatever you want to call it to like watch, uh, you know, watch old wrestling and kind of you know just kind of reacclimate themselves with some with some old wrestling and um, so it's a it's a good time for that. So you know. Tell, tell the kids how you know when when go in the wayback machine and tell us when you first like when you first saw wrestling and what you thought of it like how did you get into it you know what I mean oh man I so I started watching wrestling when I was really young um, I, I remember um, there was the the Saturday um, hell yeah show that the wwf had yeah right and um, and then there was a a friday yeah yeah right right and then there was a friday night like main event um 
show that the WWF had. Uh, so I, I remember watching those and 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 the Hulk Hogan cartoon on Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Um, like you know, getting in on those and 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 seeing all the toys and shit too, right? Like it was uh, it, it was the 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 80s right was such a time for wrestling um oh yeah for like, sure it was definitely like uh it was it was unbelievable and yeah. uh so i i remember the the thing that really got me into it was was the toys right like the the wrestling ring and, and the sergeant there's, slaughter dolls and the sergeant slaughter dolls, like the and all foot, that shit like the foot yeah the foot high dolls yeah yeah, the the fucking dog toy ones, right? Where they were just hard rubber and didn't yep. move and shit, but it was fucking yep. dope. Um, yep. And then, uh, and then, then I got kind of like so. Um, I had uh, uh, my growing up, my two best friends, Dave and Tony. Uh, we all lived on the same street, and we were all into wrestling. And uh, I, you know, uh, especially Tony and I, and we got really into not just the WWF, but like really, you know, watching NWA, watching AWA, like the Von Erichs. Like I remember seeing the Road Warriors for the first time, like in like the NWA, not in the WWF, right? And oh, yeah. like they're just fucking monster. I was I was always more of a Ric Flair guy than I was um, Hulk Hogan. I was always more of an NWA guy, uh, you know. So like my favorites were like Dusty Rhodes and and Ric Flair and shit. And, but I really liked the AWA as well, which used to come on like this one, like local channel, right? Like a Sunday morning, right? Before I would watch like, uh, God, what was that? What was the name of there is Sunday's mornings on this fucking local channel. 66 was six was great. Cause it would have AWA wrestling in the morning. Right. And I'd watch like the fucking, the Von Eriks and, and Kevin Sullivan. And then it would be Samurai Sunday where they would just oh, play yeah. fucking like Samurai and Kung Fu movies. It was so fucking, that yeah, was like was our like, Saturday. That was the time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think yeah. it's funny you mentioned and, Ric Flair. Cause like one of the first like recollections I have, like I was thinking about this. I'm like, you know, what are my first recollections? And I remember like growing up watching, you know, superstars and watching WWF, but Saturday at like one o'clock after we'd watch like cartoons and stuff Saturday at like noon or one o'clock would be world championship wrestling, which was like the NWA's hour long show. And one of the first things I saw was it was, I, it was probably like, I got to think about this 83, 84, 85, somewhere in there. It was Ric Flair and yeah. Barry Windham and Barry Windham. Oh yeah. Was the fucking new. four horsemen. Well, this is before that, right? Yeah. So Barry Windham was new to he was new to the NWA. Before he was in the NWA, he had been in the WWF. He and Mike Rotunda were world tag team yeah. champions, and Captain Lou Albano was their manager. And so he was in NWA, and he wrestled Ric Flair to like a time limit draw. And it was like I think it was like a fifteen minute match. It wasn't you know it wasn't a huge thing, but it was like a fifteen minute match, and it was a time limit draw and. You know, they were just building up Barry Windham. And I was like, wow, you know. And then, like, afterwards, after that show, there would be samurai shit. Like, there would be, like, ninja movies and samurai movies, kung fu movies in the afternoon. And then my brother and I would go out in the yard and, like, kick the crap out of each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, how much fucking fun was, like, wrestling with your... with your? I didn't have a brother, but I had, I had my friends, right? And we would just have fucking cage matches in the backyard and shit. It was... so. <laughs> So sort of a gross uh, wrestling story, right? <laughs> uh, we used to have fucking. Uh, do, do you remember uh, like the Great Kabuki? Oh yeah. 
right, yeah. So for those who don't remember, the great Kabuki was this uh, Japanese wrestler in like either the AWA or the NWA. I don't think he ever made it into the WWF, but like no. elements of his shtick did. Yeah, yeah. So like, but he like he had this Kabuki makeup on, and he would always he would always spray just this green mist from his mouth into people's eyes, and it would be like a foreign substance right to the eyes from the great Kabuki, you know. And we used to have foreign substance matches in uh, in Tony's backyard, which which would just involve us going to like the you know the garden hose, like fucking filling up, and then like spitting in each other's faces. Um, yeah. <laughs> a, a lot a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I told you. It's fucking disgusting. But, you know, this is all you do when you're like eight or nine. You do fucking gross shit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I won't even mention the time that Dave was Miss Elizabeth. But uh, <laughs> it was the funniest fucking shit. When I was ever. in, when I was yeah, in, like, a lot of times. In, I'm trying to think when I was in, like, junior high or high school, um, I would hang out with a couple friends of mine from school and we would go back to my buddy's house. And he was, he only lived like a mile away from my house. And, Above his above his parents' garage, they had this hangout spot, and it had like a pool table, and it was the it was the dopest thing. We would we we would listen to like License to Ill on vinyl, and we would like do he would put up there was a whole bunch of mattresses laid out, and we would do like wrestling matches and stuff. And I would always get wrecked because I oh, would, yeah. I would always like jump up and drop kick somebody, and it was like the most magnificent thing. But then when I hit the ground, everybody would just fall on me. And I just get pinned. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god! Shit. I fucking I love Jim. I love Jimmy Superfly Snuka back in the day, and it just he had one of the best drop kicks ever. Yeah, that's like, one, just of the, one of the best standing drop kicks. That's one of the other things. Um, being in the Philly area, um, we had this cable channel. It was called Prism, and Prism was a local Philadelphia area cable channel. And they would show, like, the Flyers and the Phillies and the Sixers and stuff like that. They'd show Philly sports. But then every, like, weekend, like every Saturday or whatever, they would show WWF wrestling. And one of the things that I remember seeing on Prism was the very famous uh, Snuka Don Morocco match. It was the cage match from the Spectrum where Jimmy Snuka jumped off the top of the cage. And it was just, like, the most oh, amazing yeah, thing. Yeah, that was great. Like, those are the moments that was, like, so amazing. So, like, I remember watching that stuff when I was growing up and, you know, Saturday Night's Main Event, um, which was amazing. And then, so, like, like the mid to late 80s was just this, like, amazing time where wrestling, and, and wrestling admittedly, like, this during this time period, wrestling was at one of its, like, very high points, right? Between, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm? You know, between the WWF and the NWA, and the advent of pay-per-view, um, you know, it just, it was at this such a high point, you know, like the star power was was there and the money was there and, the, you know, it was amazing. I remember watching that stuff and then like, you know, at the towards the end of the 80s, there was, I, I didn't, I don't know that I got to see the AWA until probably the last couple of years that the AWA actually existed. Um, they would show AWA sure. and World Class Championship Wrestling on ESPN. And so you would, so they'd be like, if you ever remember, if you remember the when the AWA was at the Showboat Arena or the Showboat, um, well, I don't know if it's an auditorium or or whatever they called it, like the Showboat. Um, 
they like the, like the casino or whatever. Yeah, like you know how like the Showboat Casino has like an auditorium where they did like concerts and stuff. Well, towards the end sure. of the, towards the end of the AWA before they folded, they were doing shows at the Showboat, and this was probably around the time this was this might have been right after guys like Kurt Hanning and Scott Hall left, and they were like. Yeah, you know, and the mid and the Midnight Rockers who became like you know, uh, who were the Rockers, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels, right? Um, guys like yeah, that, Shawn were, and Marty Jannetty, Marty Jannetty, guys like that were leaving and going to like the WWF, and this was like whatever right. was left of that company. So I remember seeing stuff like that, and then on Philadelphia's local access, not local access, but one of the local Philadelphia channels, Philly Fifty Seven, on like. Saturday night at like 11 p.m., they would show the UWF, and the UWF was a territory that was, you know, and I don't. It was. It definitely wasn't national, but it was definitely an East Coast territory. Um, really good stuff, like you know the Freebirds, Ted DiBiase. Sting, oh yeah, yeah. Before yeah. Sting got before Sting got really popular, Sting was there. Rick Steiner was there. Guys like that. So we, uh, you know, when I, we would go to my grandparents, we would like and stay up guys, late watching. Those guys made it to the NWA, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so what happened was the the NWA ultimately absorbed. I don't know if they bought them outright, but they absorbed the UWF. So there was like one pay per view where they kind of merged some of those belts. Um, it's out there. I don't remember. I don't remember sure. what they called it, but there was a there was a, a pay per view where they merged some of the belts, like the TV title and some of those belts. And then they actually got rid of a bunch of the UWF guys, and they kept just certain guys, you know, like Rick Steiner and Sting and stuff like that. And that's when Sting started to really take off, um, you know. So I mean, it was just wow. I mean, those were the times. And then you know there was a lull in the mid 90s while i was in like high school thank goodness because i wasn't paying attention to it then but you know wrestling went to wrestling went to the attitude the air <laughs> yeah so they like yeah. almost went out there of was, business yeah, i mean it, there was some weird shit going on and i i remember like so I, I the and it was before wrestling had like you know, a pay-per-view every 15 minutes, you know, like the NWA had two pay-per-views a year, like the great American bash and Starcade. you know right. what I mean? And, um, yeah, I remember like when sting came in and, uh, the Steiner brothers, the Steiner brothers, not just Rick, but the Steiner brothers, what a fucking tag team those guys were. Yeah. I think, um, I think at some point four we need to get into like, we need to get into some faves. Like, you know, like there were, you know, in the eighties, you know, you had tag teams like the rock and roll express and, <laughs> The Road Warriors and, um, you know, like the Road Warriors were in the AWA in the early 80s. And then they were in like then the, the NWA, NWA. Then they were in the WWF. Um, yeah. When, you know. As the Legion of Doom. Right. That was when that whole thing changed a little bit. But, you know, funny thing about the Legion of Doom. This is this is a great story. Um, uh, the, the Road Warriors were either in the AWA or they were in like a southern territory. Like, I don't know if it was Florida or Georgia. Um, the Road Warriors had Paul Ellering as their manager, like they always did. Um, and for a time, this is totally crazy. For a time, they had Jake the Snake Roberts was in their little, like, faction. And it was Jake Roberts that actually came up with the term the Legion of Doom. Oh, that's awesome. You can actually track this video Jake was down. An, 
Jake was an amazing performer. Amazing. He was literally an amazing performer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, there was, yeah. there was, I, I, there's a, uh, go ahead. There Sorry. was definitely like a bad time for, I mean, oh man, well, all these guys ended up being drug addicts, but there was, there was a, a really bad time. If you ever saw Beyond the Mat, Beyond the Mat was one of the first, like, yep. Yeah. For wrestling documentaries, they tracked down Jake Roberts and he, like, is, I, I don't know if he was, if it was crack or heroin or whatever. But crack. He's, they, he they crack. Had, yeah. He was smoking a lot of crack. Yeah. He was smoking crack at the time because he was so just, he was so addicted to drugs at the time. And this was probably like early 90s. And like, it was a super sad thing. But there were, there was, there's a redemption arc for Jake Roberts. You know what I mean? So, like, thankfully, there's like a redemption arc. And Jake Roberts was is just him, now him back and on TV. Scott Hall actually. Yeah, yeah, actually both. Jake Ro- yeah, and Scott Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. through I mean, Diamond Dallas Page of all people. Right, right. Like there, you know. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the sad things about wrestling that, that that we don't like to talk about. But now is you know there are actually some really excellent documentaries out there about the dark side of professional wrestling and just like a lot of sports, like football is another one where you know guys get beat up and they you know fall in with like drugs and alcohol and things like that but professional wrestling is so much worse because sure. they're, yeah. they're they tour like 300 days a year and so there's no yeah it's non-stop no, and they don't and they're independent contractors which is another insane thing about wrestlers so they don't have like insurance so it's like you have to like you got to keep going yep. so it's it's so crazy that there's like you know so many guys who die so young i just watched you know, here's another kind of, you know, there's going to be a whole lot of you got to try this moments coming out of this bit. But one of the new things that just came in is uh, Vice. I don't know if it's Vice TV or if it's online or on the website. Or oh, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, uh, with the, uh, um, oh, fuck. Why can't I remember his name? Chris Benoit. Uh, Chris Benoit. Yeah, I just watched that yeah. uh, earlier this, like, middle of the week. I just watched that. They have, they have some great, uh, some really great documentaries that are that have, that have, are starting to come out and the Chris Benoit uh, documentary just came out like like a week or two ago and uh, I watched both parts of it and it's it's really amazing it's heart-wrenching but it's amazing and it's super well done um, you know like they it's not hokey um, it's very well done and it's like one of those things where like in retrospect nobody re- it's just so crazy that nobody really he got so much negative blame for what happened. I mean, and, and, and as you should, right? Like what he did. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he killed his family, right? So yeah, I mean, you know, killing your family, like, killing yourself is completely indefensible, but you know, the, the things that led up to that are so heartbreaking and nobody, like, I think it was out there. Like it was really like, I don't think that anybody like, it's just, nobody stopped and looked at it and really said, we've really got to, you know, we've really got to, we really got to pump the brakes on this and find him some help. Yeah. Nobody ever really cared. Right. And like, yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the sad, sad things about Chris Benoit is he was such a talented wrestler. He was so fucking good. Like he was, but he was also, I love Benoit. Benoit was one of my, one of my faves. I totally agree. Totally agree. But he also was setting himself up for like, pain and suffering like they and they get to this they get to this during the documentary how they talk about the the uh the diving headbutt his his oh his, yeah one of yeah. his famous finishing moves was like he had been warned 
and everybody had been warned that it was a very, very damaging move to the person that did it, right? Like, you really mess yourself up doing this. But he yeah. was he was such a he was such a fan of the dynamite kid who was like probably the second most famous person to use the diving headbutt that that was what he wanted to do, right? That was his hero and that was what he wanted to do. And he ignored the warnings because he wanted to be a successful wrestler and he wanted to emulate his hero and he ignored it and it caused him so much, you know, so much pain and suffering later on in life that no one knew. So it's just so crazy that no right. one, you know, like nobody, nobody saw this coming. But, but yeah, man, it's just wow. So, yeah, I yeah, mean, he should have really just stuck to the crippler crossface. Yeah, hell yeah, that move was 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 amazing. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I watched, I, I, you know, I think we both watched a lot of it in a lot of, you know, guys our age, you know, us old folk, we can reminisce about how professional yeah, wrestling yeah. was like, you know. The, the the two major periods of professional wrestling for us, right, in the last, like, 30, 40 years, right, like the, the, the 80s, right, May, basically the decade of the 80s, like, and especially the mid-80s in particular was basically, like, one of, like, the was amazing was, days. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was one of the boom times. And then the mid-90s, like, the late 90s, where, you know, yep. um, where the Monday Night the, War the really raw, took place. Yeah, the Monday Night, yeah, Nitro versus Raw, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was crazy. Those were two of the most popular periods of professional wrestling. And then everything from like 2000 on, I really have a very vague recollection of it because, you know, I wasn't paying attention to it as much. Um, I I read into it a little bit here and there. Like I pay attention to what is going on in the sport. Like I know what's going on. Um, do I want to watch it? Eh, not really. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. now is a... And especially right now, this goes back to like, you know, this goes back to, you know, the kind of our news, our coronavirus news of the weird. They're doing like, uh, professional wrestling is in like this fun time where the WWF has, WWE, whatever, they have this new right. uh, opposition in all elite wrestling, which is this kind of this up and coming yep. thing. And not, you know, um, you know, not super awesome, but they're, you know, hopefully they'll get there someday, but they're both running shows and they're taping product that they're putting on TV right now because they have to, right? Like, like SmackDown is on Fox, like, you know, national Fox, you know, on Friday yeah, night. So like right. you have to have product, you have to put a show out there and they're doing shows with no crowd and it's like, yep. it's bad. That's what the UFC's doing too, man. It's weird. It's like bad. Uh, uh, Khabib, Khabib Tony's going forward, right? Um, oh, there's still going to do that. Be, there'll be no audience. Yeah, they're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's like it's one of those things where it's like you they know better they better fucking make the, do it. I mean, this is the sixth time trying to do that fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The, Ferguson's been dropping out of it so many times, but like they're, they're yeah, it Khabib a couple times too. Yeah, right. But they've both enough. been injured. But you know, a lot of shits happened. Yeah. But I, I want to see the fucking fight. If anybody, yeah, I think Tony's the biggest challenge to Khabib. Right now, I definitely yeah. want to see Tony fight him instead of Con yeah, instead of Connor fighting him again. I still don't uh, think I, I, I just, still don't think anybody yeah. stops Khabib at all. To be honest, he's a fucking monster. Yeah, Khabib's I, a goddamn monster. Yeah, I don't think anybody beats him. But but you know they're they're putting on these shows and and you know we're at the end of March, beginning of April, and right now is you know it's what we call WrestleMania season. 
And, you know, WrestleMania, for, for anybody who knows anything about wrestling, and even for people that don't, it is a brand. Like, it's like the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. Like, it is a huge event. And it oh, is, yeah. Oh, know, yeah. And, you know, they, you know, spoiler alert, they've just, they had to tape it because they're not doing it live because they were doing, they, were, they, they can't do it live. And they've been taping it over a couple of days, but because of all of the coronavirus stuff, it keeps dwindling like people, wrestlers have been dropping out because they're either sick or because they don't want to get sick because they don't want to be in a, they don't want to be yeah, in a situation. I don't blame them. What's that? I said, I don't blame them. You know I mean? Like we said, they don't get insurance, right? So, right. so not and, the, and, not the time to be taking a lot of unnecessary risks. Yeah. Right. Same thing so, with fighters too. Like yeah. the UFC is not, you know, they're independent contractors. They don't have health insurance from the UFC. Yeah, but but everybody, you know, we're trying to make money. We're trying to keep, you know, whatever economy is going going, and it's a terrible idea. So it's like a weird thing right now that you know these they're they're doing this, and it's gonna go. It's gonna be a massive failure. Um, it's gonna get papered over by the fact that you know the WWF does WrestleMania on their um, on their 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 network, which is whatever. Like you pay like ten bucks a month for the network, and you get all the pay per views and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so if you have if you have a subscription, you get it for free. If not, they want you to pay like a hundred dollars to watch it over two days. And I can't think of one match that I could care about at all right now. And especially one that nah, I would want I'm to see with that. in an yeah. empty arena. So it's it's a weird time. I mean, wrestling's on a wrestling's kind of on a downturn and um but you know, there were just so many there's so much good to reminisce about so i think that there's a lot of things that people should be like checking checking out like you you know there's it's all over youtube you can find tons and tons and tons of wrestling on youtube so you should hell yeah check it out yeah i mean what else do you got to do right like there's so many old sporting events on youtube i i just watched the uh 2010 stanley cup final uh last week sometime right and that was great um right that's one one of the best Stanley Cup finals. So ever. if you had to, I, I, this is tough because a lot of people talk about like a Mount Rushmore, and I think that that's borderline impossible. So if you had to think of like your top yep. top five or top ten, right? And you can pick whichever because it's very debatable. Like, what would be sure. your top five or top ten favorite wrestlers of all let's time? Let's go. Let's go top five, right? Like Ooh. so, this so that we keep it. Yeah, let's let's keep it. Let's just keep it legit. Let's keep it top five, right? Wow. Um, or we could do top ten. You want to do top ten? You want to do top ten? We'll do top ten. All right. Let's go top ten. Okay. Uh, are we are we doing it? Are we doing order? Or are we just like no particular order? No particular order. All right. No particular order. Um, I'm gonna go Ric Flair. Of course. Right? Ric Flair on on fucking believable. Um, uh. The Junkyard Dog. I loved the Junkyard really? Dog growing up. One of my all-time loved fucking Junkyard Dogs so much. Came out to Another One Bites the Dust by Queen from Chicago, Illinois. The fucking chain Junkyard Dog, JYD, all fucking day. Okay. Love the Junkyard Dog. Uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, one of my all-time favorites. Okay. Uh, loved the Piper. Yeah, loved it them. It doesn't have to be uh, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be like... Uh, 
your like personal favorites. Like it can also be like wrestlers who you think are who have had an impact in the sport okay. of wrestling. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to limit it to necessarily people you've I seen. Sure. No. Yeah. No. For sure. For sure. I. I mean, I. I feel like outside of the junkyard dog right like i i think both rick flair's had a major impact so is roddy piper you know what i mean roddy piper one of the best on the mics ever you know what i mean and piper's pit maybe the first like actual little show within the show kind of moment in wrestling you know what i mean um yeah there was like you know obviously you had like the brutus the barber beefcake shit going on too but piper's pit i think was the first one uh that was really like that um jyd probably not much of an influence but fucking awesome you know like uh i just i fucking loved everything about him um uh the road warriors uh i i think really kind of personified what like a tag team could be you know what i mean they were just a fucking tank you know what i mean um and uh i i think you wouldn't have like a goldberg or something like that without the road warriors right because the road warriors just fucking dismantled people and that's like what goldberg did when he came into the ww uh, the wcw right with the whole who's next kind of fucking bullshit you know what right. i mean right. um so like yeah uh um uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, uh, one of the best fucking technical wrestlers that ever existed. If you're going to watch like one historical wrestling match, like watch one of the ones between Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, yeah, Those their trilogy matches is amazing. The, oh, it's uh, every single match of theirs is unfucking believably good. Yeah, between, just, the between that trilogy. Everything, it's just, between that trilogy and then I think it was WrestleMania 5 or 3 where he, it was uh, Steamboat and Savage. Some of the best wrestling matches yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, Randy Savage. Randy the Macho Man. Throw him out there. Fucking great. You know what I mean? Um, kind of maybe one of the, besides Ric Flair, maybe one of the first like anti-heroes in like wrestling uh, kind of culture. You know what I mean? Like uh, eventually he did team up with Hogan and the superpowers, right? And, and that was fucking weird. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, one of my all-time favorites. It's just everything about him was fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like, this coming out with the snake, the DDT was fucking killer. You know what I mean? The short-armed clothesline, that was fucking... I mean, just everything... I don't think you get to uh, to a... Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, RKO. Randy Orton, right? Uh, right. Without... Um, Without without Jake the Snake Roberts, right? Um, I don't know where I'm at. Six, I'm at like number six, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, uh, fucking Mister Perfect, Kurt Henning. That fucking superplex was awesome. The perfect plex, fucking just great, right? Um, loved Kel- Kevin Sullivan and the AWA. Uh, kind of really fucking pushed a weird angle with like Satanism and wrestling, but that was kind of, you know, uh, really creative, right? Like one of the Jimmy Crockett guys, really, Agreed. really fucking creative in wrestling. Um, uh, fucking uh, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, right? Wow. Um, fucking loved Mr. Wonderful. You wouldn't have a ravishing Rick Rude or even like a fucking Lex Luger or something without a fucking Paul Orndorff. Uh, just a fucking beast of a dude. Um, and, uh, let's see, I'm going to round it out here, um, with, uh, the bird band, Coco Beware. No, not, uh, not Coco Beware. Uh, he did come down the, uh, to the, the entrance ramp with a bird though, which was kind of funny. Right. Um, 
let's see. Yeah. Uh, fuck. I mean, there's so many. I. I, I mean. I, this is going to be a really, 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 really random one, okay? But I, I really respect this guy. Um, maybe not so much as a wrestler. His gimmick was a little over the top and uh, whatever. But one of the most... Te- no, no, but Goldust, I, I do respect Goldust. He he got saddled with that shitty gimmick and he really <laughs> fucking made it work, right? Like, he really did. And, like, he got saddled with it because Vince McMahon fucking hated his father, Dusty Rhodes. Like, that's... You know what I mean? Like... Right. Whatever, Vince, you know. Uh, but George the Animal Steel, fucking actual professor, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. one of the most intelligent uh, wrestlers yeah, to ever enter the ring. Uh, yeah, it fucking... Oh, fuck, but what about fucking Nick Foley? Nick Foley was great, too, so... um, Yeah, yeah. It's too hard, man. There's there's so many great wrestlers. Like, you yeah, know, I, I'm not even mentioning, like, Stone, Stone Cold or, you know what I mean? Like, fucking Brett the Hitman Hart. You know, like, those guys were fucking amazing. Um, yeah. I, I loved Jim the Anvil Neinhart. Arn and Ulf Anderson, those guys were fucking... Or Samuelson, those guys were fucking the best. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you go, man. What do you got? Oh, geez. So, I looked... You know, like, I've, actually, I would have pegged you for... Um one of the things I would have I would have pegged you for was uh, was Jim Londis. So Jim Londis, his real name Ooh, was Christos yeah. Christos Theophilo. Yes, he was the go- he was um, yes, the yes. Golden Greek. But he's yeah. also he was also a wrestler and an from a- like what's that an ex what and an and and an also like catches catch can wrestler too right like he, a professional wrestler for sure but also did like submission grappling like right. real you know catches catch can yeah. Yeah, he was one of the, you know he was you know so I, I like to think back to you know like I like to I like to take a really historical perspective to this right so because I, I I've been a like a pro wrestling geek for forever so you know you think about guys like Luthez who was one of the first I mean some of these guys were like like shooters like legit shooters. Um, yeah, like Londis and Frank Gotch. Frank Gotch, oh my God, Frank Gotch, like the like the Luthes and Frank Gotch stuff was. I mean, you're never going to see it anywhere, but it was. It's you know historically amazing. Um, Gorgeous George. Right. Um, sure. Gorgeous yeah. George had one of the most. He was the first to have that kind of flamboyant, over the top gimmick. You know, where he's got like. The long yeah. blonde hair and the robe, and he comes out, and somebody's got like the um, somebody's got the insect, uh, like the DDT spray thing full of like perfume, and like you know that. Oh was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a it was a gimmick. Yeah, it was great. It was great. People hated him, but he was the biggest draw. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was the biggest draw. So like he was he you know he his his gimmick was a huge draw. Um, El Santo. This is one that a lot of people won't, won't recognize, but I've always been a fan. El Santo was a very famous Mexican luchador. Um, and this is one mm-hmm. of the things, and, and this lends to other, like the Hulk Hogan's of the world. He was such, he he transcended professional wrestling so much so that there was like, he was in hundreds, like, like dozens to hundreds of movies in Mexico. There are movies, and you can look this yeah. stuff up. Like he was in movies. He, you know, he was one of the, you know, one of these luchadors that he wore a mask, and you would never see him without the mask. Like this is like a legit thing that he did like his whole life. Where like 
no one really ever saw him without the mask. Uh, it got to a point where, like, I think in the in the like the seventies or eighties, he finally like unmasked himself on like television, like he was on a like a talk show, and he finally unmasked himself. But he transcended wrestling to a point where he was like a pulp, uh, like a pop culture phenomenon, and like yeah. I think he showed what wrestling could be for people like Hulk Hogan, and then later on like The Rock, who's in like like we just watched like Jumanji two. That's a rock movie. Black oh, yeah. Adam. <laughs> yep, it sure is. Soon we're going to get a Black Adam movie, and that's going to be The Rock. So it's like, you know, he has that's taken... That's going to The Rock, yeah. He has transcended wrestling. So El Santo was one of the first people to, like, like transcend wrestling. Uh, Bruno San Martino. Um, Love Bruno San Martino. Yeah, Bruno, Bruno was a Pittsburgh guy. He was an insanely popular wrestler he was like a working man's guy he was like everybody loved him he if if you could think about people that banked that made bank bruno sambertino is one of the people that made like for promoters he made so much money i think like there's dispute about his run of sellouts at like madison square garden but there are only so many people that can say that they've made so much money you know what i mean at madison square garden like sold out madison square garden i've seen matches where I see matches from like the '60s and '70s where he wrestled guys like um, superstar Billy Graham. I'll tell you one of my favorite. Oh yeah, this. Is- Sorry, I'm just gonna throw out a, a random name, uh, but one of my favorite matches uh, with Bruno San Martino involved uh, the Polish Hammer Ivan Putski. Oh yeah. Fucking, that was probably the watch that match. Oh, no. So fucking yeah, it's so good. Well, yeah, no, I mean it was it was. 70s probably somewhere in the, somewhere around that era right like ivan putski was around pretty early in wrestling right yeah well i mean you know comparatively you know relatively speaking the 70s is not necessarily early but the 70s is where like i feel yeah, like yeah. television really lended to like professional wrestling becoming so much more mainstream but but yeah like i remember seeing matches where it was it was either like uh, Superstar Billy Graham, or one of them that I saw a very, very early Stan Hansen. And so Stan Hansen, they would bring Stan Hansen into territories, and he had like long blonde hair. He was still like a Texan, but he had like long blonde hair, and he still played a heel. He was still a, he was still a villain, and like the crowd was just ape shit for Bruno San Martino, like just nuts. And you know, this is like. This time period between like the 60s and the 80s, you can hear like where the crowd was so into it. And and this is back when wrestling was like very believable, right? Like wrestling was quote unquote real. Oh, yeah. There was no Internet. There were no, you know, phone lines where you could call in and get dirt. Like professional wrestling was very real. Like they would be fucking riots in the stadiums and stuff. So like. Like the, you know, if you look, if you look on YouTube for some of these San Martino matches, like the crowd was so insane for these guys, right? Um, uh, you know, obviously Ric Flair, one of the best. Um, look yeah. for I saw I saw recently, like a, like a couple months ago, I saw this picture of it was Dusty Rhodes and some other people I didn't recognize, and Ric Flair when he first got into the business. Um, now when Ric Flair got into the business, he was a very husky guy. He was very well built. Like he was, Oh yeah. He was very big. Yeah. Very big. big. Unrecognizable. 
then in like late 70s, early 80s, he was in a plane wreck. Um, I think it broke his back. Like they thought he wouldn't wrestle again. Um, I forget who else was on that plane crash, but there was a, there was a bunch of people. It was a, there were wrestlers in this plane crash. Um, he came back, and by like '81, he was like, you know, he was reaching his, you know, he's starting to reach his pinnacle, right? But there was this there was this picture of him, and you can see like some of these early pictures of him in the late '70s, early '80s. He was so bulky and stocky, like you would never believe it was Ric Flair. But you know. It, you know, one of the best, one of the best heels of all time. You know, very popular. Oh yeah, one of the one of the best on the mic. One yeah. of the best on the mic ever. Oh, for sure. Like the stuff that he did in like the early '80s to mid '80s, like before there was a time period where he in like '81 or '82, where he and Dusty Rhodes were aligned as good guys against Tully Blanchard and Wahoo McDaniel. It was amazing. This is before the, this predates the Four yeah. Horsemen, and it was just like amazing. Yeah. So, you know, so Ric Flair, obviously Hulk Hogan. I mean, Hulk Hogan transcended wrestling. He became one of these global phenomenon. And but you know, the stories about Hulk Hogan and how he got to where he was are very interesting too. And um, there was a period of time in the early '80s where he and uh, he and Andre the Giant were in the AWA, and. Like, this is one of these... The early 80s in the AWA was an amazing time. Like, the Road Warriors were there, and Andrew the Giant was there, and, and, you know, Nick Bockwinkle was the champion, and they would not... They would not put the belt on Hogan, and there was a bunch of these... There was, a there was like, at least one or two matches where he and Bockwinkle would wrestle, and Hogan would, would win the belt, and they would overturn it later, so, like, the crowd would go nuts, and Hogan would think he won the belt, and then they would overturn it, and they'd give the belt back to Bockwinkle... Finally, Hogan was like, fucking, I'm out. He would, you know, like right. at, this, at this time, this is like around the time where Vince Vince McMahon Jr. had taken over the WWF and he was starting to poach wrestlers from other territories, which was like a big no-no at the time. But Hogan was like, fucking, I'm out, dude. Like, you're not going to give me the belt. I'm out. And he went to the WWF and became a gigantic star. Like, you know, yeah. gigantic. So, you know, obviously. AWA, AWA was the AWA uh, Jimmy Crockett? Was was that Jimmy Crockett? No, uh, AWA was out of Minneapolis, and that was um, that was Vern Gagne. That was like Vern. Uh, it was oh, Vern, Vern Gagne. Gagne's territory. Yeah, right, right. Um, Crockett's territory yeah, so was Jimmy Crockett was Jim Crockett's territory was uh, Mid Atlantic. It was considered Mid Atlantic. Okay. And then they absorbed other territories like Georgia and Florida because they were uh, Crockett's territory was part of the original NWA territories: St. Louis, Florida, Georgia. Okay, gotcha. Right, right. And then they took over a bunch of stuff later on, um, you know, by the eighties. Um, but but Jim Crockett's territory was was ultimately was was the NWA. Um, uh, Steve Austin is another guy who's got to be on my list. Um, oh yeah, Stone he, Cold. He never got like I remember seeing Steve Austin in uh, World Class. Uh, I remember seeing Steve Austin in the NWA when he was stunning Steve Austin. Um, yeah, stunning he, Steve Austin. He was doing great work. He and Brian, he and Brian Pillman were the um, the Hollywood Blondes. They did amazing work. Yep, and he got held down. Tag team champions. Tag, Tag champions. Team champions. Yep. And he got held down. Yep. And, um, you know, a lot of the backstage politics is like just listening to 
Um, you know, I, I put a lot of people on Jim Cornette's podcast. Um, I know Jim Cornette can rub people the wrong way, but his knowledge of the business and the stories that he can tell of wrestling are so, um, so interesting. So very interesting. So like listening to like a lot of that. I, I love, I love Cornette. Yeah. So I remember seeing, yeah. um, Steve Austin in ECW when he started, like he, he was, uh, what happened? He, he broke his arm or broke his leg. I can't remember what he did. He hurt, he got hurt. And Eric Bischoff, when Eric Bischoff took over WCW, fired him, and he wasn't working, and Paulie dangerously brought him into ECW, and all he did was cut promos. They would bring him on to ECW. All he would do was cut promos. He never, I don't even think that he ever actually wrestled in ECW, but he just came out and cut promos, and it was amazing. You could see the gimmick, like you could see the Stone Cold gimmick, like taking shape. And then he got to the WWF, and, you know, there was, by a stroke of luck, he got into a spot where the Stone Cold Steve Austin character took off. And it was just this huge character, and then Owen Hart broke his neck. And that pretty much ended that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's how things work. And then then Owen Hart died. It was crazy. So, you know, I remember that pay-per-view. I was watching that pay-per-view. My parents used to rent. My parents used to get us pay-per-views because my parents, you know, my parents were into it too. They loved watching it. They thought it was hilarious. So we'd always watch the pay-per-views, and we were watching that pay-per-view, and it was nuts. So, uh, who else is on my list? Oh, Chris Jericho. I don't care what anybody says. Top ten of oh, all time. Oh yeah, sure. I'm I'm okay with that. Um, he his stuff. He evolved so many times, and. He, his work was so good. Um, you know, I like that he's still relevant now. Um, I'm sad that he is not in as good a shape as he could be. Um, you know, if he was in better shape, he'd be doing better. He, he would be even more transcendent. But um, Chris Jericho, like his character, his gimmick. Like I remember when he left WCW and went to WWF, like in the mid in the late '90s. Like I was just, I had the raw is Jericho T-shirt. Like the Y two J t like I had that T shirt. I loved it. Like that was like the only wrestling T shirt I that ever was great. had. It was the best intro ever. Oh, for sure. Y two J was just uh, so good. So like you know when I watched the video of his, you know like they had that 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 countdown to Y two J that like it was like the Y two K thing. They had that countdown, and like when he oh, finally it was great. debuted, yeah, it was so good. Like watching that video still gives me like chills because it was just like the crowd was so into it. Um, but but yeah, he's you know uh, he's humorous, he's serious, he's always been a great wrestler. He's you know he he's he he was the first unified WWF champion. He beat um, he beat the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in one night to become the first champion. So it's like you know there's history there. Um, so like seeing Jericho with the WWF belt and the big gold belt, that big, you know, the, you know, the, not the original, but like the, the Ric Flair NWA belt, seeing him with both those belts was just amazing. Um, uh, this is, let me see here where I'm at. I got two more, uh, the rock and roll express. Um, one of the best tag teams of all time. Uh, they don't get enough credit for being one of the best tag teams of all time. And in the mid-80s, uh, 
if you could like if you could get an idea of how like over these guys were like like the crowd was so into them and it was so amazing um, I remember watching, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express and the Fantastics, the Rock and Roll Express and the Four Horsemen. Um, just, just, just the tag team, the you know the tag team division in the NWA in the '80s, and then there was like the Road Warriors, and then there was the Warlord and the Barbarian, and then there was the, the Freebirds and the Bushwhackers, or not the Bushwhackers. They were considered the, it was the Sheep Herders when they were like violent and serious and awesome. Um, so much. Oh God, the Bushwhackers. <laughs> um, so much great Fucking wrestling. that walk. Um, oh man, what do I got left here? Again? Oh yeah, Mar- and a lot of people. I mean, Shawn Michaels is great, but people always forget about Marty Jannetty and how fucking awesome Marty Jannetty was back in that day too. Yeah, but I think I think Michaels Michaels far surpassed that. And then I think I guess the the, the last person I would put in my top ten would probably be Dusty Rhodes, just because. Um, Dusty was the man. Yeah, he was he was the son of a plumber. He was over, um, you know. I, I, I'm sure that we, you know, this is the thing about like people always want to, people always talk about wanting to have like a Mount Rushmore of wrestling, and and nowadays like the youth they don't know wrestling, so their you know their lists of top ten or top five or top four or whatever consist of like the Undertaker and you know Shawn Michaels and yeah, Shawn right, Michaels right. is a Shawn Michaels is a he he was a great wrestler like, um, but. He was also one of the worst champions ever. Um, he was also one of the most annoying people. Oh, for ever. sure. Um, so yeah, he was. I did like. I liked. Uh, I, I liked when it was him and Triple H is like DX. Like that was a fun time. Yeah, right? just the two uh, of them. But yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah, you just have, the like, two of them. No, no X Pac, no China. Right, <laughs> right. Like you could have. I think you could even have a list of like the top ten, like your top ten best villains. You know what I mean? Like I think that you. Can oh yeah, do that. I mean I think you could have like, I yeah maybe maybe that's something we, we put together and put it on Facebook like top heavyweight champions, top like intercontinental you know maybe we group like American intercontinental TV champions together right? There's so many like ancillary belts and then tag teams. I mean because there's uh, there's a difference between like each style of wrestling too. Like the you know, a great tag team may not produce a great single you know wrestler you know, well, yeah but like like think about the midnight express great tag teams um did yeah. they produce a great singles wrestler i mean bobby Eaton was a really good singles wrestler but he he never transcended anything you know what i mean but he was amazing T- uh Tully right, right. blanchard and Arn, Arn anderson amazing tag team they were both great singles wrestlers um you know what i mean so like you can oh I, yeah I, yeah i think you can easily do top 10 tag teams um a hundred percent. Like I've had that argument before online with I mean, other people. I, I think a tag team that I always really liked that people always forget for some reason is uh, going back to Ivan Putski, uh, Ivan Putski and Tito Santana. I mean, they were a fucking great tag team. I mean, were they top ten? Probably not, but no. But they were awesome. They were Tito Santana was pretty fucking sweet too. Yeah, I mean, Tito, you know what? He was probably one of those guys that, like, if you had, like, a, a an underrated wrestlers, like, Tito would be there. Like, he was very popular in the WWF. He was, see, the other thing is, he never wrestled anywhere else. Like, I don't remember ever seeing him wrestle in other federations. So it's, you know, it's a very interesting. Yeah, I think um, he was only WWF as, yeah, as far as, so, yeah, I think so, yeah. So that that's a very, you know, um, you know, like, it's debatable. But, but yeah, I mean, 
You know, if you had, you know, you could do villains, you could do underrated people, you could do one of the other ones I always see is, you know, guys that guys that never were a heavyweight champion. Guys oh that were, yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird list because a lot of people like forget stuff. But, you know, like it's a great it's a great list that could be had, right? Ted DiBiase, Jake Roberts, Scott Hall. Um, you could always there there are always guys that could be on that list, you know what I mean? <coughs> Oh yeah, man. And then the, there's just like and, and just like great moments, you know, like great heel turns or great, oh, you know, yeah. great face turns and shit like that. I mean, like, like that's that's what's so great about wrestling back in the day. I don't really know what it's like nowadays, right? Um, I, I haven't really watched wrestling at all. Yeah, it's probably not good. Probably yeah, not man. good. Uh, but yeah, there used to be so many like so many fucking just classic heel turns and fucking shit like that, and it was oh, great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was. The, the, Hogan, the, the Hogan, drama. Hogan going to the NWO and shit. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of great drama, and now now it's now it's just like no one cares because they just it's. I, you know what? It's funny, you know, to talk about wrestling nowadays, and I think that there's a couple of things that really killed wrestling. Um, you know, the internet, hundred percent killed wrestling. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. You know, because a lot of people like you know in the you know in the 50s through the 80s wrestling was very very much considered on par with like boxing you know what i mean it was a very real sport like it was taken seriously like people oh, yeah. that were yeah. people that were hated were hated people that were cheered were cheered um now it's like yeah. you know i yeah. go on the internet and i can hear about all the rumors and i can hear about who's going to do what and i'll know what happens ahead of time and um and the other thing was you know, when we watch wrestling in the, as kids, you know, during the wrestling shows, they would have like, um, you know, they'd have like these jobbers, like these just schmucks that would come out and get crushed every week. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? Yeah. And yeah. So like some guy would come out and some jabroni would come out and they would wrestle like a great, a really good wrestler and they get beaten like five minutes. And it and then when that wrestler finally got to wrestle a good wrestler it made those moments so much more memorable. Now, if you look at like, if you look at like wrestling on TV now, all these great wrestlers are wrestling all these great wrestlers every week. And these matches take like five or five to 10 minutes and it devalues yep. everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. Every, every, anybody could beat anybody on a single given night, which, you know, is, you know, whatever that's, you know, but it, it, yeah, it devalues everybody. Um, there's a, there's a comedian, K Trevor Wilson. Uh, you may also know him as Squirrely Dan from one of my Squirrely favorite Dan. TV shows, Letter Kenny. We love Squirrely Dan. Squirrely Dan. He does the, yeah, he does this bit where he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler, but I, I knew I'd be a mid-card wrestler, you know, like like one of those guys when he came back from commercial break, he was already in the ring. Exactly. You know, and they'd introduce him like, <laughs> like already in the ring, hailing from <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota, and and Scott, and he wouldn't even have like a last name, it would just be Scott, and you knew that Scott was getting his ass kicked that <laughs> night. <laughs> see, but to me, that really kills, you know, that really kills wrestling. Like, they don't have, they don't have, they, I mean, nowadays they kind of have guys that are kind of jobbery, you know, but, but, but it's not like, yeah. it's not like they did in the 70s and 80s. You know what I mean? 
And no. So it makes it hard. And you know, one of the greatest. Yeah, and I think there there's a place for mid card jobbers that is gone now, right? Like I remember watching wrestling in the eighties, right? And um, there there was a guy, mid card jobber, did one of the best mid card jobbers ever, right? Maybe maybe got off one or two wins, like you'd ever see. Yeah, leaping sure. Lenny Popoff. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, these guys were fucking, but they were characters, right? And you were like, oh, he's he's this guy's gone up to to Lenny Popoff, right? He's probably gonna get, he's probably gonna beat Lenny Popoff, but it was he was like a top tier mid mid card Lenny, jobber. Lenny Popoff, you know? Lenny Popoff was Randy Savage's yeah. brother. Yeah, right. Yeah, leaping Lenny Popoff. And what about um, yeah. who, was, who was that guy? The Bronx, whatever. Who was he? I'm trying. Oh, he wore. Like- <coughs> Sorry, wrong pipe. He wore like that satin jacket, right? It was like that yeah, he had like the he had the Yankees logo on it, and then he had like a, and he take off his yeah. jacket, and he had like a a beat up Yankees T shirt on, and it had holes in it and stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Who was that guy? There's where are these oh, those people? guys were great. Those mid card guys. Yeah, those mid card guys were fucking great. But now everybody has to be a star, and the unfortunate reality is everybody can't be a star exactly so you're like you're trying to push over guys that are never gonna you know what i mean like it's too much it's too much get some mid fucking jobbers in there doing their fucking job yes yeah, so i feel like i think i feel like people need to spend this time in you know it staying at home and just like watching old wrestling and i mean so so if you had to like if you had to suggest to people a couple of things for people to for people to watch what would you even suggest? Uh, like wrestling, or just like yeah, wrestling, anything. wrestling. Like if you had, to, if you would suggest like even like a match or a story sure. arc or whatever, what would it be? So the like I said, the Ric Flair, uh, Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat matches are unfucking uh, believable. They're Agreed. so good. Totally agree. Um, yeah, the, those those matches are uh, great. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, the, uh, oh my God. You remember the, um, any match with Andre the Giant and Randy Savage? Cause Andre the Giant hated Randy Macho Man oh, Savage that's so another much. Thing. Go, uh, look at, go look at the videos uh, where people talk about Andre and who he hated and all those things. They're some of the funniest shit. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. And so Andre hated Randy um, for like not just not just being a wrestler that got on his nerves, but for the way that Randy treated Miss Elizabeth. And he would beat the shit out of Randy Macho Man Savage every time they wrestled. So I've heard I've heard Andre was like that with uh, who else? I'm trying to think who else. Oh, the Iron Sheik. He hated the Iron Sheik. Like. They're great stories. Like you either like for the most part, Andre liked everybody, but there was like a small handful of people like John Studd, the Iron Sheik, um, guys like that that he would hate. And when he hated them, oh my God, Jake Roberts for a time. Um, but but there were there were like if you watch some of the like some of these some of these interviews where they like talk about Andre the Giant and they have stories. I know a guy, uh, Scott Goldstein. Shouts to Scott. Scott Goldstein's a guy I know. He uh, used to work with some friends of mine at Trader Joe's. He was a photographer. He was a professional wrestling photographer in the 70s and 80s. 
he he was he has been out with these people like the drinking stories right just the drinking stories like he's he's in these pictures with like the road warriors and um i'm trying oh, to think some of these other guys that's like, great there's all these pictures in his like in his facebook feed where he was you know and this is like back in the day but he was out with all these guys like taking pictures of them and stuff and then he would be out with them after shows and they would be like at a you know, at a bar or restaurant or whatever, and they'd be drinking and hanging out, and he'd have all these pictures with them. It's just like, holy crap. So, like, these guys were amazing. Like, like the stories are so good because they are they got to go at it all year long. So, like, they're drinking hard, they're partying hard. Um, great stories. And the stories of Andre's, like, Andre drinking are, like, legend. Legend. They're legend. Yeah. Legend. So, uh- oh. And if you, and if you, if you can find the documentary on Andre the Giant, it's totally worth watching. It was amazing. It's totally worth watching. Yeah, I agree. I saw that. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like you feel bad for Andre because you know of how he was objectified just for being like this titanic human being, but you know he was just such a great person and a uh, you know he's a he was a genuine human being, but he was also like he was gigantic. So crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 another uh, another classic match or series of matches that that I really I really enjoyed uh, back in the day uh, was the um, Ricky again. I love Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I should have mentioned him. One of the greatest workers ever. Uh, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat could sell the shit out of anything, and that's also what kind of made Ric Flair stand out. Ric Flair could sell the shit out of anything, right? right? True. And having those two guys in there w- w- were great. So, but the uh, the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Jake the Snake Roberts feud was uh, one of my favorites. Some great uh, fucking wrestling and dragon. Those, uh, and those the snake and the dragon fucking awesome yeah I gotta think about this man I gotta um, oh uh, the the Hogan Savage uh, Mega Powers angle that whole run oh yeah Mega Powers yeah. amazing That's fucking um, yes. if you could watch if you could watch any set of if you could watch any set of Randy Savage promos the cream of the crop promo, amazing. The cream of the crop promo this is the best one ever. It's one of my. You see it all over cream. my Facebook page. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. But yeah. he, but like, yeah. that's that whole angle. Where did he get all those fucking little creamers? He just kept pulling just out kept creamers. Pulling out. I don't even know creamer. what he had. <laughs> yeah, so great. But like those, that was oh, that was the funniest classic. fucking shit. Um, jeez, I gotta really think about this. Um, uh. Some of the very, some of the very early Four Horsemen stuff um, in the '80s. So either um, I got to really got to think about this. Um, some of the some of the very early Four Horsemen Dusty Rhodes stuff where they broke Dusty's arm. Um, oh yeah, that was fucking great. Great, um, really good stuff. Um, everything that led up to the the first War Games, which was. I remember one of my most favorite moments. My mom and my sister went away on a trip somewhere. I don't even remember where they went. My dad and my brother and I were home all weekend, and my dad made chili. My mom always made the most bland chili because she didn't like spice, like she didn't like heat. So my dad made this pot of chili. Gotcha. And my brother, my dad, and I went to like West Coast Video, and we got like Faces of Death and... Starcade, uh, I think it was like Starcade 86 or Starcade 87. And so we got like war games. And so we're like sitting at home, like just the guys, 
I'm, you know, I'm probably like 13 years old and we're watching like Faces of Death and we're watching like the original War Games, some of the best stuff. Um, like the whole thing that led up to that where uh, the ser- the best of seven series between Magnum TA and Nikita Koloff right before Magnum TA's oh, yeah. wreck, um, because Magnum TA was going to be the next champion. Like, it was widely speculated that he was going to be the next world champion. Like, he was, he looked like Magnum P.I. He had the look. They loved him. He was a great wrestler. Um, but then he got into the car wreck where I think it was either a Porsche or Ferrari. I forget what it was. He wrecked his Porsche or something. And he fucking, he just, he just got wrecked. And so they had to align Nikita Koloff with Dusty Rhodes instead of uh, Magnum T.A. and Dusty Rhodes. So it was the Road Warriors Nikita Koloff, which was unreal at the time, and Dusty against the Four Horsemen in a two-ring steel cage. Amazing. Oh, my God. That's so fucking great. Oh, unfucking believable So, like, that whole time period to me was, like, was phenomenal. Um, so, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I would look at. Anything, I mean, you could, you could look at so much from the mid-'80s and then the mid-'90s and be completely satisfied. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's why, you know, that's what you guys should be doing. Checking out some cool stuff on YouTube. Um, find some awesome old school MMA matches. Those are fucking great, too. Uh, fucking Fedor versus Crow Cop, my all time favorite match. Watch that shit. And uh, yeah, man. Um, I think, Pat, we should take some of this quarantine opportunity and, like, let's say we hook up again in two weeks and we fucking push out another episode. And and while we're in quarantine, we try to keep you guys company, try to give you some stuff to look at. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about some shit that we're reading and and how, uh, yeah, like next time, let's talk about places that we could still buy comics and shit like that or find stuff. And and even though we're we're not able to go to the comic book store or go to the movies or whatever, but we'll we'll try to keep you guys updated give you a couple of things to check out uh and uh you know keep yourself busy while you're in quarantine what do you think about that man i totally agree man we can we can we got to give the we gotta we gotta give the people what they want more episodes exactly so yeah thanks for coming out thanks for stopping by thanks for hanging out uh it's been a while since we talked to you so it's good talk to you i know we're all locked up inside but one day we'll be back outside people and we'll be styling profiling limousine riding jet kissing jet flying kiss stealing wheeling dealing son of a gun and if you don't like it you learn to love it because it's the best thing going peace Take care. Stay safe, everybody. Be good. Deuces.